You're listening to another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with your host, Bully Rye. That's right, everybody. It's your guy, Bully Rye, with the brand new football episode. Uh, this will be airing September 15th, 2022, one week after the initial fantasy football week, the, the first week of the NFL season, and week two of the college football season. So with that, let's get right into our pregame warm-up. We got a lot of fun stuff on the show we got bullies, buys, and sells where I was right, where I was wrong from last week. We've also got some Fricks Picks Games of the Week. I'll explain that a little bit later on in the show. Um, but if you haven't been paying attention, you can go to ESPN.com, go to their fantasy games. There's a college football pick'em and an NFL pigskin pick'em. You can join now for free. Play against me, pick against me. And the person with the best record at the end of the season will get to host a segment on this podcast and get their first hands on the first ever tap outs and touchdowns t-shirt. But we got Frick's picks that we're going to go over what's going on on those uh, in those groups on ESPN.com and then some games to look forward to this coming week. But let's go ahead and get into the pregame warm up and let's talk about some football that took place last weekend. Let's start off in college football, shall we? Uh, what I expected to be another fun weekend in college football indeed was another fun week in college football. Uh, let's just go over some of the some of the most intriguing storylines falling out of week two. Um, Texas A&M was a top 10 team. And I believe Appalachian State paid was paid one point five million dollars to come to College Station. Well, that turned out to be an even more costly uh, trip for Texas A&M. App State knocks off Texas A&M 17-14. Uh, watched App State take the victory formation. Uh, you know, I think it's the first time App State has knocked off a top-10 team since they didn't since they beat Michigan back in the early 2000s uh, when they were not even up at Division I level at that point. So a big upset there, App State knocking off Texas A&M. Another upset that some of the experts were actually calling for uh, Notre Dame hosting Marshall. Uh, they get knocked off 26 to 21. There were a lot of guys, like I said, a lot of experts on, on all the TVs, if you will, saying that don't be surprised if Marshall knocks off Notre Dame. And indeed they do Notre Dame now 0-2 on the season. Um, if you remember last week, I, I mentioned uh, North Carolina and App State. Uh, went to a 63-61 to 61 final, North Carolina pulling out the win there. North Carolina had another scare this past weekend. Georgia State uh, hung in strong with North Carolina, but would fall 35-28. to 28. Uh, Georgia State had a really good showing against South Carolina previous week, um, but they could not hold on, uh, and, and they lose to UNC. So UNC has had two, uh, two scares, and off those two scares, they've had two wins. Um, we'll, we'll see if they can keep them in a momentum going. Another uh, another big game news. I guess you got to talk about Alabama going to Texas, right? They were twenty point favorites. It was one of those games that I picked last week on this show that Alabama was going to win big and welcome Texas to the SEC, Alabama style. Well, by all intents and purposes, Texas should have won this game. They lost twenty to nineteen. Alabama had a much harder time with Texas than anybody expected, especially after the starting quarterback for Texas went down on a roughing the passer call, was injured. And so the backup came in and played well, played well enough to keep Texas in the game. But Alabama ultimately wins 20 to 19. Uh, one of the few games with ranked teams and competing conferences, you've got number 24, Tennessee, number 17, Pitt. I thought that Pitt had been battle tested and that they were going to come out and win this game. They tried their best, but Tennessee wins in overtime, 34-27. to 27. Uh, You've got another upset here uh, before I go into the big SEC game of last week. BYU upsets Baylor in double overtime, 26-20. to 20. I believe Desmond Howard had picked Baylor in his final year, final four. Uh, you know, I don't want to say 
that sometimes the experts get it wrong, but then and sometimes I don't necessarily want to call them experts. BYU knocks off Baylor double, double overtime. Uh, probably was a pretty good game if you were watching it. Um, I want to go on record of saying that I called it last week. I said that Florida had a very impressive win against the top 10 Utah. Utah came out and beat the crap out of their opponent this week. So credit, all credit to Florida for beating Utah. I still said Kentucky was the real deal. Kentucky goes into Florida, wins their first back-to-back wins over Florida in consecutive seasons, I think, ever, if we're being honest, especially since the SEC was formed. Brings Florida back down to earth 26-16. to A very close game in the swamp, but Kentucky able to maintain that that victory. And, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're in the top 10 at this point. Also in the top 10, Arkansas, who beat South Carolina by two scores. The loss wasn't as bad to me on the scoreboard as it was for the the top two. (laughs) Two of the top defenders on that South Carolina defensive side of the ball in Mo Caba uh, and Jonathan Strayan. But, um, yeah, uh, it was a bad week for Carolina fans, but that wasn't even a game I was touching on. So a lot of fun games, if if you are paying any attention, uh, last week in college football. The NFL in week one did not disappoint. I want to start off by saying that for the first time in probably five years, every single team that I managed in fantasy football got a win last week. Boom, people. Your boy, your guy, Bully Rye, did it. 3-0 and in fantasy football last week. But that wasn't the most exciting thing to me about, about the NFL being back. It was the fact that the NFL was back and you had some bar burner similar, like similarly – to the way college football rolled out with a bunch of really good games. The NFL did not disappoint. Let's start off with the Colts and Texans. The Texans somehow surprisingly having a lead late in that game. The Colts come rearing back under the helm of Matt Ryan. Michael Pittman had a big day from a fantasy standpoint. This game ends in a tie. They go to overtime 20-20. to Neither team could get over the hump. As a matter of fact, Rodrigo Blankenship, the kicker for Indianapolis, missed a field goal late in overtime. They signed two kickers to their practice squad, and they have waived kicker Rodrigo Blankenship. If you remember, (laughs) maybe you're not paying attention. A few years ago, Rodrigo Blankenship was kicking for Georgia, and they were in a double overtime game against a four-win South Carolina team. And by four-win, I mean they finished the season with four wins. And Rodrigo Blankenship missed a field goal in double overtime as Georgia would be upset by South Carolina. One of my most fondest memories. Uh, the person I was with at the time said they did not know that I could jump so high. But I digress. Rodrigo Blankenship out in Indianapolis as he could not help lead uh, the Indianapolis Colts to a win in overtime. Another really fun game that we thought was going to go to a, another tie as well. Steelers and Bengals, man. What a what a fun back-and-forth game this was. Joe Burrow did not look great, made some mistakes. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky looked formidable as a starting quarterback somehow, some way. I still stick to my guns that he's going to play a better team uh, or he's going to just play a, a, a team that's, I wouldn't say more prepared, but, you know, the first game of the season, you're always going to have jitters. Uh, and so they're going to play a team, and, and Trubisky's going to kind of stink up the joint. And eventually, uh, Kenny Pickett is still going to be the starter in Pittsburgh by the end of the season. However, this game did not finish in a tie, as the previous game that I talked about did. The Steelers win in overtime 23-20 to over the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. A really fun game to watch, uh, an outcome that you weren't quite expecting. It was back and forth. You thought since he had it. Since you know, since the Steelers come down the field uh, and, and tie it late, so a really a really fun game to watch there. Uh, do you remember when Falcons fans thought that Matt Ryan was the problem? They were giving up these twenty-eight to three leads in the Super Bowl, and they were losing all these fourth-quarter leads because Matt Ryan couldn't control the offense. Well, they got Marcus Mariota at quarterback in the, in Atlanta, and they had a big lead in the fourth quarter. But behind two touchdowns from Michael Thomas and a rushing touchdown from their tight end quarterback guy in Taysom Hill, the Saints mount a comeback and beat Atlanta 27-24. to 
to 26. So maybe Matt Ryan wasn't the problem after all, huh? I don't know. There has to be a curse against the Atlanta Falcons with the number of late leads that they've given up in the last decade. Like there's got to be some sort of storm cloud hovering over that facility that just will not let them get over the hump. The Saints beat the Falcons 27 to 26. Another really fun game, and I've been on record as saying that Tennessee has a knack for winning games that they shouldn't and losing games that they should. Uh, that you, you get the gist of it. Beating teams they shouldn't beat. Losing to teams that they should beat. Uh, the Giants score late in that game, and they go for the win. They go for two and get it. Saquon Barkley looks like the Saquon Barkley of old, and he had himself a game. He was the NF NFC uh, offensive player of the week. Uh, the Giants, shocking just about anybody uh, that was watching that game. The Giants beat the Titans 21 to 20. Um, this is, these are probably the most two uh, newsworthy games coming out of the weekend. Uh, first off, it was the Sunday night football game, the Tampa Bay against Dallas. Uh, again, if you're listening to the show, you probably pay attention to football, so you know all these storylines, but I'm going to go to it anyway. Uh, the Bucks dominated the Cowboys. Dak Prescott just had surgery. He is going to be out at least four weeks. The, uh, the, I don't know what you want to call Jerry Jones. I'm not calling him the owner or the GM, but he said that he's optimistic Dak can be back in four weeks. Um, yeah, if you want him to either get re-injured very quickly or not fully heal, but this man needs to stay out for the full time that he needs uh, because in this game against the Bucks, he did not look good. Uh, I believe he threw for under 50%. Um, his top receiver, top returning receiver, C.D. Lamb, I think, had four catches, if that. I don't. I, I think that's even off. Um, but the offense could not get going. Now, I can't tell you what did get going, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. Averaged over five yards a carry, uh, but they did not stick with the run game. And the Bucks dominate the Cowboys, even though they only threw for one touchdown in the game. They only scored one touchdown in the game. Ryan Suckup being and doing Ryan Suckup things. The Bucks win 19-3. to over the Cowboys, Dak will be missing some time. Cooper Rush is now the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future unless they decide to make a trade. Uh, we'll get more into that when we get to Bullies, Buys, and Sells in the first half of the show. Uh, last but not least, the Monday Night Football game. Uh, I was on record of saying that Denver was going to mud stop the Seahawks, that the Seahawks were going to be Oh, and 17, and that they were going to be a dumpster fire. And Geno Smith, Q record scratching. Uh, the Broncos did not look good. Uh, Russell Wilson hit a nice long touchdown pass to Jerry Judy early in the game. But somehow, Geno Smith looked like an NFL quarterback in that game. And the Seahawks survive the Broncos. The Broncos on fourth and five in the in late in the fourth quarter with about 45 seconds to go. They let 30 seconds run off the clock before they call a timeout. Uh, elect, instead of going for it on fourth and short, I say fourth, maybe fourth and intermediate, they go for a 64-yard field goal, of which obviously did not go through. And uh, there you have it, folks. The Seattle Seahawks knock off the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football. The Seahawks, the only team from the NFC West to win a game this past weekend, so they sit in first place in the NFC West after one week. Just like I drew it up, folks. Uh, that's it for your uh, three-game warm-up, going sort of over what the best games from the last weekend in college and pro football are. Coming up next, we're going to get into the first half. We're going to go bullies, buys, and sells. Uh, I'm not going to go through this year where I was right and wrong. I will give you my record of my buys and sells, uh, but we'll get into buys and sells in the first half. The second half of the show, we're going to get back into Frick's picks, and we're going to kind of discuss uh, what's coming up this weekend in pro and college football, and then I'll give you a heads up on what we've got coming next week on Tap House and Touchdowns. So we're going to take a short break. We come back with the first half right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. 
Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and most competitive prices in the Lowcountry. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook or by searching One Stop Repairs. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. Call today for a quote at 843-343-6310. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. Welcome back to this week's episode of Football Episode, Tap House of Touchdowns. Uh, and we are at kickoff. This is the first half of the show. Your guy, Bully Rye, talking all things football for you this week. Uh, we're going to give us some fantasy football talk. Bullies buys and sells the first half of the, of the game here. Um, last week, I went 5-3. and three. Um, Unfortunately, one of my five was George Kittle, who did not play, which I, I told you he wasn't going to. Um I'm giving myself five and three, even though it was probably closer to four and four. Uh, I told you I was not going to go through the players. I will mention I had Elijah Moore and Corey Davis coming under projection. One of them did, one of them didn't, but I digress. Um, You know, middle of the pack, which is about where I was last season, but I'm going to try to do better for you this week. Um, So let's get right into it. Let's go into Bullies Buys here on the show. Um, and I had this quarterback as my sell last week, but I'm buying in on him this week. That's quarterback Matthew Stafford of the L.A. Rams. 22.6 points projected on ESPN.com's fantasy stats. Uh, listen, I was right about him being on my sell list last week. He had an awful game, an awful game on Thursday Night Football. As expected, maybe worse than I expected because of the turnovers. Cooper Cup had a fantastic game, uh, but that doesn't reflect how bad the Rams played on Thursday Night Football. Just an absolute beatdown by the the Buffalo Bills. Um, but Stafford gets the Atlanta Falcons this week, who I mentioned uh, let the Saints come back on him. And Matt Stafford obviously played quarterback for the University of Georgia. Uh, he loves going back to the state of Georgia. Uh, the Falcons just gave up 269 yards two touchdowns, and from a fantasy perspective, 25.66 fantasy points to Jameis Winston in the week one. And that doesn't include the Taysom Hill direct snap uh, touchdown that he took at quarterback. Now, that's not Matt Stafford's MO. Uh, He's not going to take it off on his own read. Um, But considering the disappointing beatdown that he took in week one, I think he's going to be out for blood, man. I think the Rams are going to be out trying to show everybody that, listen, we're defending Super Bowl champs for a reason. Last week uh, was, wasn't was necessarily a fluke, but it was just a more of a sign that we just are where we need to be going into this season. Um, and I think uh, I think the Falcons' defense is just doo-doo. Like, I, you know, I don't – I didn't like the Saints going into the season, um, despite the fact that Jameis Winston always puts up gaudy numbers. Um, I, I didn't like them. Uh, obviously, uh, the Saints had them out to come back. I don't think that the Rams are going to be in that predicament, but I think Stafford is going to drop bombs so bad that they're not having to come back in the fourth quarter, but they're going to be benching him in the fourth quarter. Like, I don't necessarily see that happening, uh, but I think Matt Stafford has a, has a monster day. 22.6 uh, projected after Winston went off for 25, almost 26 points. Yeah, I love Matt Stafford going into this weekend. Uh, my running back that I'm that I'm loving and, and buying in on this week, uh, we talked about him in the pregame, and let's get in for it. Denver Broncos running back, Javante Williams, projected 15.7 points. Uh, listen, he's the clear-cut number one in Denver now. I mean, Melvin Ingram, or Melvin Gordon, I should say, had some playtime uh, in Denver last weekend, did not have the same production Javante Williams did. Here's the big stat that stood out to me. He was targeted 12 times through the air. He had 11 receptions for 65 yards in week one against Seattle. 
all of the receivers that Denver has, and he was the one that had 11 receptions. Speaking, you know, going looking into this week, Houston just gave up 161 yards, four receptions, and 14, four receptions, 414 yards to Jonathan Taylor uh, for the Colts. Now, granted, listen, Jonathan Taylor's the number one fantasy running back. There's no doubt about it, there's no question. But Denver's coming off a loss that they easily could have won. And considering that he was that guy that Wilson was looking for when his receivers weren't getting open, I think he's going to have another big day as they host the Texans, take the over on the 15.7 projection. You're starting Javante Williams. You were starting him if you you had him regardless, but you're definitely starting him this week. Uh, My wide receiver is another player from the uh, opposing team that I just talked about. Uh, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman. I actually kind of spoke about him in the pregame about how uh, how big of a game that he had. He's projected 15 points this week. Um, but I mentioned he went off in his first game with Matt Ryan. He had 27 fantasy points last week, nine receptions on 13 targets, 121 yards, and a touchdown. They get the Jaguars this week. They just made Carson Wentz look like a pro bowler and saw a rising star in Jahan Dotson. Uh, looking like the rookie of the year. I mean, the Jags made Washington look like world beaters. Um, I love this matchup uh, for Indianapolis. I think that uh, Washington isn't necessarily going to be that good. They're not as good as they looked. I mean, it, again, it was Jacksonville. Um, and and after uh, – Merely tying with the Texans in week one was another one of those teams that I was considering the worst team in the NFL. The Colts are looking for blood, same way that the Rams are looking for blood. The Colts are looking for that win, and they're going to get it, and Michael Pittman's going to be a big contributor to it. Over 15 fantasy points for Michael Pittman this week. Next up is probably my riskiest buy of the week, and that's tight end Dalton Schultz. He has projected 10 Flat 10 fantasy points this week. However, there's no Dak Prescott for at least the next four weeks. I know I mentioned that in the, in the pregame. Um, listen, Cooper Rush is no Dak Prescott. However, Dak Prescott was looking for Dalton Schultz last week, and Dalton Schultz had a pretty decent game. But considering that the rest of the receivers struggled for Dallas last week, I expect Cooper, Cush, uh, Cooper Rush, I should say, to utilize the hell out of Dalton Schultz against the Bengals defense, who just allowed seven receptions for 115 yards to tight ends in week one against Pittsburgh. Uh, again, struggling against balls receivers, Schultz led the team in receptions and finished second in yards in week one. Uh, so I really love him this week. Ten points is a pretty low projection. Even if he gets 10.5, that's more than his projection. I'm taking Dalton Schultz. I think he's, especially until Dak gets back and until – I guess C.D. Lamb can can figure it out. Uh, Dalton Schultz is going to be the number one target on this offense um, for Cooper Rush. So there's your bullies buys. Uh, again, buying in Matt Stafford, Javante Williams, Michael Pittman, and Dalton Schultz. And so let's get right in here to it. The second quarter, if you will, and let's talk bullies sells for week two in fantasy football. And let's start nowhere other than Philadelphia and their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, somehow projected 25 points this week. Now, granted, he had a huge week one against Detroit. Now, Detroit made a comeback in that game. They made it a game. I think they lost by three. Uh, but I'd say A.J. Brown had himself a, a day. Is His first game in Philadelphia, Devontae Williams, former Heisman Trophy winner, had zero receptions on the day. Um, Jalen Hurst is going to have to start spreading out the ball. They get a Minnesota Vikings team this week who ate up Aaron Rodgers. They ate him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, now, granted, uh, again, I mentioned A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, even with zero receptions, are better wide receivers than anyone had for Green Bay. Uh, but the Vikings, it wasn't just the fact that the receivers were bad and dropping passes, because they were. But the Vikings spent all day in the backfield just absolutely harassing Aaron Rodgers. And they're going to get after Jalen Hurst the same way. Uh, 25 is a little high. I could see him potentially finishing 18 to 20. 
I don't see him going that 25 or over. So that's why I'm selling on Jalen Hurts this week. Uh, this one kind of hurts because I really like this guy. Uh, my running back sell this week goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris. He has projected a whopping 16.6 points. Uh, however, he injured his foot against the Bengals last week, uh, but it's basically been reassuring everyone that he's good to go. It's not serious. He's going to play this week. Um, listen, even if he does play this week, uh, New England, who is uh, playing Pittsburgh this week, gave up a combined 65 rushing yards to Miami in a loss. So take that. Miami beats New England, beats them convincingly, but only had 65 rushing yards combined by all of the of the players who had rushing attempts. Uh, Harris, before he hurt his foot, was averaging 2.3 yards per carry last week against the Bengals. Listen, he's telling everybody that he's going to play. And if he says he's going to play, I, I believe him to play. But I'm not expecting a big output from him this week. They're, they're playing for the entire season. They don't need Najee Harris to go out here and re-injure this foot and make it even worse by, by trying to do some superhuman stuff. Um, they want him healthy the entire season. I don't expect him to hit that 16.6 points. I don't think he hit that last week either, if I'm being honest. Uh, but I'm selling Najee Harris this week. You know, I didn't realize that I spoke about him in the Bullies Buy segment. Uh, but I did because I mentioned Dalton Schultz, which means that my wide receiver that I'm selling this week is none other than CeeDee Lamb. The Cowboys receivers projected 13.4 fantasy points. Here's where the stat line comes in. Here's, here's where the actual numbers come in that I was trying to remember a second ago. Even with Dak last week, he reeled in two catches. Now, here's the two catches of 11 targets. And he only had 29 yards rushing. That's a 4.9 fantasy point day for C.D. Lamb. Uh, Cooper Rush is no Dak Prescott. Already talked about him when I was talking about uh, Dalton Schultz. Cincinnati only gave up 76 uh, yards to wide receivers last week uh, to the Steelers. Albeit uh, Deontay Johnson got seven receptions for 55 yards. So if you're looking for a number one receiver to have a big day, he could. But 12.5 is what Johnson got last week. That's still under what C.D. Lamb has projected. While I love Dalton Schultz in this game and in the next few weeks, as long as he stays healthy, I'm equally as pessimistic about C.D. Lamb here. I'm selling C.D. Lamb here in week two. Last but not least, we go to tight end. And this should come as no surprise. Um, but maybe it does because he was still projected a top 10 to a top five tight end in fantasy. And I'm selling on him already in week two. And that's Atlanta Falcons tight end. Kyle Pitts projected 11.5 fantasy points. Again, probably my second risk riskiest pick this week uh, is to sell Pitts. Uh, he was targeted seven times last week. Uh, but again, Falcons let another lead slip away. Uh, of those seven targets, he only had two receptions for 19 yards. Good for a 3.9 fantasy uh, point day. Meanwhile, the Bills blew out the Rams. Dawson Knox, the starting tight end for uh, for Buffalo, I believe he just got a contract extension to stay in Buffalo for a few more years. One of the most uh, talented tight ends in the league. Uh, <laughs> Dawson Knox had one catch for five yards in that game. Uh, against the Rams. I don't like Pitts versus the Rams this week. I don't like the Falcons for that matter. Uh, I mentioned I thought Sam, Sam, uh, Sam, Matt Stafford is out for blood. I think that they are going to blow the Falcons out to the point where it could get to the point where we see backups in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter for both teams. Uh, listen, I just talked to a buddy today. Shout out uh, JD. Uh, was I was asking him, he was, he's got a stacked fantasy roster, right? And I asked him who his quarterback was, and his quarterback was okay. His tight ends were Cole Komet, and I can't remember the other guy it was. But I said, who you got in waivers in that league? And sure enough, Robert Tanyan is just sitting there. Just sitting there in his waiver, in, in his free agency. So he picked up Robert Tanyan. I guess that's who he's starting this week. Uh, but I digress. There are probably going to be some options that you can stream at tight end that are going to do better than Kyle Pitts. And it sucks because if you drafted Kyle Pitts, you drafted him because you wanted to start him. But 
I don't think – I don't want to – he's a talent. I mean, they, they, everybody talked about he was the most talented tight end to come out of the draft, uh, come out of the combine uh, that they've ever seen. So you would think when he had Matt Ryan throwing the ball that he, he'd be able to, to get open. He's got Mariota, which is sort of a downgrade from, from Matt Ryan at this stage in their careers. Um, I don't know. Kyle Pitts has not been good or consistent enough for me to trust him. That's why if I had had the opportunity to draft Kyle Pitts, like if we're looking at draft boards and we've got Darren Waller's off the board, Travis Kelsey's off the board, uh, Mark Andrews is off the board. If Kyle Pitts is number four, I'm skipping over Kyle Pitts and I'm taking TJ Hawkinson. If you're listening to this and you drafted Kyle Pitts, you're probably saying one of two things. Bully Rye, you're dumb as hell. Stop talking. Or Bully Rye, you're wrong, and we're going to prove you wrong this season. For your sake, I hope you're right, as long as he's not playing against me that week. Uh, so let me reiterate. Bully sells this week. Jalen Hurts, Najee Harris, CeeDee Lamb, and once again, Kyle Pitts. We're at halftime, folks. Coming up next, we're going to go to the second half, the third and fourth quarter, and you will. We're going to recap. Uh, some of, of the standings and Frick's picks available again on ESPN.com. And then I guess the fourth quarter, we're going to preview some games to look forward to in college and pro football coming in week three and week two, respectively. So stay tuned. We'll take one more break. We come back. We're going to finish out the show with the second half right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, wrestling shows, we call this the main event, but I'm calling it the second half. We are through halftime, and we've got some games to, to look at and, and to pick going into week three of college football, week two of the NFL. Uh, folks, it's been it's been a pretty hectic week for me. I don't know if you remember me talking about the show. My AC went out. Uh, on a personal note, I'm... Football has kept me sane uh, because the uh, the air conditioning issue that I had uh, was not completely fixed. There were two days that I came home and it was 80 degrees in my house. So uh, getting to watch these football games, getting to predict winners and losers of these football games has been a very nice escape for me. So uh, make sure if you want to play along and pick along with me, you go to ESPN.com. There's a fantasy option at the top of the page. There's two different options. Uh, college football pick them, a pro pick them. Even if uh, I'm going to make an executive decision right here on the show. Breaking news. Uh, if Even if um, there's somebody with a better record, if you want to start playing late, and let's say you don't get into like week four of either of these contests, if you've got a better winning percentage than the person at the top of the leaderboard, I will also have you on the show. So don't hesitate. If you haven't gotten in, go ahead and get in now. Get in somewhere along the season. If you have a better winning record uh, from a from a percentage standpoint than the person in first place, I will also have you on the show. I will also give you a podcast t-shirt. So I uh, just want to throw that out there. So let's get into the second half. We're going to start the second half, uh, the third quarter, if you will, um, recapping some of the games that happened in week two uh, and week one of the NFL as far as uh, what I picked, right? So for starters, my Frick's picks on the shows, I've always got a few games from each league, college and pros that I'm, I'm picking against only myself and I'm picking them against the spread. Uh, so picking against the spread this year, I went four and four last week. I had Arkansas over South Carolina, which went, went for it. I had Kentucky. Uh, they were the underdogs. I had them winning outright. So I got that one. Um, I had the bills over the Rams and I also had the Ravens over the Jets because, you know, Joe Flacco and all. Um, the, the four losses I had, Pittsburgh, I told you I had Pittsburgh knocking off Tennessee. They lost in overtime. Uh, I thought that Tech, Bama was going to destroy Texas. That didn't happen, one-point win. Uh, I really thought that – that I really thought that uh, good old Baker Mayfield was going to have his revenge game against the Browns, and the Browns kicked the field goal to win that game late. Uh, and so I lost that one, and as well as the Broncos Seahawks um, not really going to get into more detail about that, but I was wrong on those four games. Um, let's get into some of the, the standings recap here. 
Uh, our college football pick them on ESPN.com uh, recap. I'm going to give you the top five here. Uh, Potsy sitting at the top of the tide at the top of the, of the leaderboards in college pick them 13 and seven, along with Buck. If y'all remember Buck, a former guest of the show, I believe he won one of the contests one year. So he got to come in and talk about his sports history. So Buck also 13 and seven. Uh, Volley Polly, otherwise known as Polly from Polly's Pickums uh, podcast. Make sure you go and like and subscribe to his podcast where he picks games, college football, and Volley Polly. I'm calling you out, man. I texted you tonight because I was uh, I was curious about a new feature on the show that you got. You, you, you told me that you, you mentioned on your show you stole the idea and you didn't give me the credit. Well, I'm taking the credit on my show because it's my show and that's what I can do. Uh, but Volley Polly, nevertheless. Sitting at twelve and eight in third place now, Polly. Remember, we talked about it privately. We're we're gonna collaborate at some point, where we're gonna figure out how to how to do some of these buys and sells, uh, and and fantasy and fantasy football, and see what we can do there. Uh, next up on the leaderboard is your guy, Bully Rye, eleven and nine. And then I wish I could find out who this is. If you listen to the show, and your handle on this college football picket is ESPN four four three nine six one three two. You are in fifth place. At ten and ten, I have a feeling I may know who this is, uh, but nevertheless, you got to let me know, and uh, and I can start giving you shout outs on the show. Uh, next up, we've got the NFL Pigskin Pickums on ESPN.com, and there's six teams because there's a couple teams that are or a couple picks that are tied. Uh, so your guy Bully Rye is leading the NFL Pickums at ten and five. Uh, Greek, also another former member, a former guest on the show. He's coming in and talked football with us. He and Potsy, who is leading the college football pick and bracket, are both tied for second here in the NFL pickems at nine and six. Uh, Buck uh, coming down there right there in fourth place at eight and seven and tied for fifth. Uh, Volley Polly and my best friend A.A. Ron, both at seven and eight. So still some time to make up some rounds, still some time to make some right picks. Uh, but, but yeah, like I said, go to ESPN.com, go to Fantasy, uh, find the Fantasy Games, college pick them, and, and pigskin pick them, and you can pick them against me all season long uh, for some special prizes at the end of the season. Um, just a quick reminder, because I haven't mentioned it in the last few episodes, because in my podcast description, all of our social media links are there. But if you want to follow on social media or there's a game that you want me to pick, Players that you have questions about, reach out to me on social media at Tapouts and TDs on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns, and the email to the show, Tapouts and Touchdowns at gmail.com. If there's something you want me to cover when it comes to fantasy football, I record these episodes on Wednesdays. They normally go out Wednesday nights, so I can I can cover what it is before the Thursday night football games for you. So just reach out to me in any of those platforms. Uh, so we made it to the fourth quarter here. Uh, and that's where I'm going to do Frick's Picks Games of the Week. And this is, again, where I'm going to be picking games against the spread. Only only me doing it against myself. Um, we're going to do College Football Week 3. I got four games each of that in NFL Week 2. So let's get started. Um, number 12, BYU going to number 25, Oregon. Oregon at home, a 3.30 kickoff Eastern time, three-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, is Oregon. Oregon's only test this season came against the number one Georgia Bulldogs in week one. They were number two at the time. They are number one now. And they got obliterated. BYU, on the other hand, won their top ten game when they played Baylor last week, albeit in double overtime, albeit to a team that I don't think was necessarily a top ten team. Listen, there's a reason that Oregon is favored, but home field advantage, if this is the first time you've ever talked about, about betting lines and favorites and underdogs and all that stuff, home field advantage is normally good for about three points. That half a point makes this game just about a pick to me. Despite going on the road to Oregon, it's a midday game. I like BYU to win outright, so I'm taking BYU uh, to beat Oregon uh, to, to cover that spread, that three and a half. They're, they're going to win this game, uh, in my opinion, so so I'm taking BYU. Next up, that's to, that's one of two ranked versus ranked games this week. We'll get to the other one in a second. My second game that we're picking this week is number 22, Penn State at Auburn. It's another 330 kickoff, but Penn State 
a ranked team is a three-point favorite against a road or a, a, on the road against Auburn. Neither one of these teams has a quality win this season. Uh, for all intents and purposes, if you if you recall me talking about it last week, uh, Penn State very easily should have and could have lost to Purdue in Week One. Uh, Auburn, on the other hand, trailed San Jose State at halftime and squeaked out an eight-point win last week. I just think that Penn State is more talented. Uh, they're just a better football team. Uh, they're going to cover that three points. I think they probably win by a touchdown, maybe seven to fourteen points, seven to ten points, something along those lines. But they're going to they're going to cover that that spread. I'm taking Penn State here over Auburn. The second game between ranked opponents features number thirteen Miami and number twenty four Texas A and M. This is a nine o'clock kickoff, a late kickoff here. Texas A&M somehow a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, here's why. Miami struggled with Southern Miss last week but pulled away late to win. That they, I think it was 30-7 to seven was the final score. And I've already mentioned in the show, Texas A&M just lost to Appalachian State at home uh, when they were already ranked in the top ten. Uh, it would easy to take the undefeated Miami team here, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, the higher rank, even though A&M is a favorite. Um, listen, AM, they're not going to take this loss to, to Appalachian State lightly. It's been very well publicized that they've quote unquote paid for all these four and five star guys to go there. So they've got talent on this team. But after such an embarrassing home loss, uh, they're, especially to, to an App State team that gave up 63 points to North Carolina in week one. Um, I think. I think AM makes the point here. I think they cover the spread. Uh, again, Miami hasn't really been battle-tested. Southern Miss gave them a, a, a run early. Uh, but I just like Texas A&M to sort of – I don't want to say get over their fluky loss to App State, but they're, they're out to prove a point, and I see them, uh, I see them taking this uh, pretty, pretty handedly. I'm taking Texas A&M. Well, folks, that was the last game that I was going to pick in college football and realized there was only three games that I picked. And I said, you know what? Let me just throw a dart at a fourth. And I started looking at the games and a lot of teams that I didn't know. A lot of teams, they, they were pretty obvious winners and losers. Uh, and that's that's another one. That's this, the game that I decided I did. So the game that I decided to go with, if I can get that out. And it's even more frustrating because – I know this team is going to get beat tremendously bad. And it is the team that I root for, the team that I hold closest to my heart. Number one, Georgia, going to South Carolina, a noon kickoff. Georgia started off at as a 24-and-a-half point favorite. I've got some – so it, a little behind the scenes. I normally write some notes down before the show, so I have some talking points, so I at least seem a little – a little together for you guys to listen to, or you ladies to listen to. I'm an equal opportunity podcast host. Uh, my notes, Georgia covers big. The only problem that I have with this game is that it is a noon game and it is going to ruin the rest of my day. South Carolina's defense, I mentioned it in the, uh, in the pregame warmup. They're already pedestrian at best on defense as it is. Gave up 200 yards rushing to Georgia State, almost 300 rushing yards to Arkansas on the ground. And they lose two of their best defensive players in Mo Caba. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably not saying it right. Jonathan Strayan, um, Jordan Strayan is, 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 is better, better put. Listen, there's also two other two others that are questionable to play. And our, our starting safety, Roderick Strong, and a preseason All-American, Cam Smith are both questionable. I'm just hoping that we get out of this game with nobody else hurt. Georgia, he's probably, listen, I'm hoping that we can put up 14 points, but Georgia will put up 60, right? Um, they've got some big recruits in town this weekend, a five-star guy out of the Washington, D.C. area um, coming to watch this game. And, you know, he's there to see the atmosphere. I'm sure that their pitch to him is going to be, listen, this is where we are now. 
But if you come here, you get to play with this this environment and you can create something special here. And I hope that he heeds that advice because if he's going into Columbia hoping that South Carolina beats Georgia, he will decommit before he even commits because this game is going to be a massacre. And it hurts my heart to say, but that's just where we are. Georgia covers that gigantic spread over South Carolina. Uh, there's your college football picks. Uh, let's get right into it here uh, with the NFL Week 2. I feel like I've kept you long enough, so let's go through the four games in the NFL before we wrap up the show here. Uh, the first game on the docket here is a really fun, really fun Thursday night football matchup. The Chargers at the Chiefs, Kansas City, four-and-a-half-point favorite. I wrote my notes down before I got the notification that Keenan Allen is going to miss this game with a hamstring injury. But I'll go ahead through my notes as it is. What a start to the NFL in, in, in uh, week two of the NFL, I should say. The Chiefs looked impressive. Everybody said, how are the Chiefs' offense going to look without Tyreek Hill? He doesn't have anybody to throw to. Well, Patrick Mahomes made everybody look dumb. Uh, throwing it all over the field. Travis Kelsey did not go anywhere. He was very uh, involved in that offense. And you got to think the Chargers looked great in a tough win against Vegas last week. Uh, I'm, you know, even after knowing what I know that Keenan Allen is not going to play, I'm still going to go with L.A. Uh, last year, seven games, uh, or I say last year, last week, seven games ended in one-score games. I think even if Kansas City wins this game, I like for L.A. to cover in a game that the experts uh, see uh, uh, expect to see a lot of points being scored. Um, I mentioned it last week. Thursday night football is generally not a night of offense. But these two teams have explosive offenses. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I think Mike Williams has a big game. They've got a rookie wide receiver uh, in, in Los Angeles. Allen Robinson was nowhere to be found last week. Cam Akers was nowhere to be found last week. I think both of them get involved this week. And not only do uh, do I think that they're going to cover this four and a half points, I think they, they have a chance to win it outright. So I'm taking the Chargers here over the Chiefs on Thursday night football. Um, I You know, I decided to go with the homer pick, even though I chose I, – I picked them to lose in college football. So I'm going homer in the NFL here. Washington Commanders at Detroit Lions. One o'clock kickoff. The Lions are favored? By two and a half points? Well, I'll take them. I think it's the first time I've seen Detroit favored in a football game in like three-plus years. I don't ever remember Detroit being favored in a game, especially considering they're 0-1 after their loss to Philadelphia last week. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show that Jacksonville made Washington's offense look like a bunch of pro bowlers. Well, Washington's defense struggled with Jacksonville. Uh, and made and, and very easily uh, Jacksonville could have won that game if not for some mental errors, uh, some drops. Travis Etienne dropped a surefire touchdown in the end zone. Um, and in saying that, Detroit had chances against Philadelphia last week. Um, I think they figured it out. I think they've got the right pieces in place. They might need a couple other people here and there. But I love Detroit. I love them to win by a field goal. I love them uh, to win this game. Uh, so I'm taking Detroit over the commanders. Uh, next up, another team that I've been I've been preaching to everybody all preseason. The Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens a three and a half point favorite, another one o'clock kickoff game. Uh, with the Ravens being a three and a half point favorite, I'm taking the Dolphins to win it outright. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the show they had 65 combined rushing yards against the Patriots. So they've got some work to do running the football. But this passing game can be electric. Uh, you might be saying, well, listen, the Ravens just had a dominant performance on defense last week. Don't let the Ravens shutting down the Jets fool you. I've been saying it as long as I can remember. Even when he was still in Baltimore, Joe Flacco is still garbage. He's still a trash quarterback. Um, I think this game between the Ravens and Dolphins is going to be a fun back-and-forth game like we saw a lot in week one. But I think Miami takes the win in the end. 
uh, even at one point win covers that spread. I'm taking the Dolphins here in week two. Last but not least, a team of Western, I wouldn't call them foes because they're not in the same division. They're not in the same conference. Two teams starting off 0-1, the Arizona Cardinals at the Las Vegas Raiders, a 425 kickoff, Las Vegas minus six. Uh, listen, I mentioned they're both 0-1. The Raiders just looked better uh, against the, the Chargers in their loss that Arizona did against the Chiefs in theirs. Uh, listen, I think they're gonna. I think Arizona is gonna look a lot better this week. Um, you know, there's obviously still no DeAndre Hopkins, but you've got some talent on that offense and Zach Ertz and Hollywood Brown and James Conner. I like. I'd like them to look better this week, but I like Carter Adams more. I just Devontae Adams was a monster last week for Vegas. And I think the Cardinals are worse than the Chargers. And I, I think that you're going to get a, a big old hearty helping of Derek Carr and Devontae Adams against this game more than the Cardinals can handle. Um, I think Arizona mounts a comeback and covers the six points. Uh, because like I said, I think, I think they put some stuff together. I think they look good. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take Arizona with the points. I think, uh, again, with seven games in week one ending in one-score games, um, I like this game to be a one-score game as well. Um, and so, so I like uh, I like Arizona to cover there. And uh, maybe they don't win the game, but I, I think they, they lose by less than six. So give me Arizona. Uh, folks, that's the football show this week. Coming up next week, PJ, Steven, and I are going to be back discussing AEW's All Out and the aftermath stemming from it. We are almost two weeks removed, or we will be almost two weeks removed, to what everybody is calling the media scrum that took place after All Out went off the air. Uh, suspensions were levied. There's investigations ongoing from that. So there, there's some fun stuff to talk about, not just about the card, but about the behind the scenes in AEW. And then again next week, we'll be right back here with some football talk, both Billy's buys and sells, uh, Frick's picks and uh, and games of the weekend uh, from week prior. So hopefully you've all enjoyed this show. Hopefully I've been able to give you some advice on some fantasy football takes to help you win your week two because Lord knows I want to win all of my week twos. Uh, so again, thank you all for being here today. Uh, stay tuned next week for what we've got coming. And, uh, and, yeah, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy some really good football that's about to be played. And, uh, yeah, that's our show for Tap House and Touchdowns. It's your guy, Bully Rye, and I'll be around. <laughs>